0: everyone. This is the Design Freaks podcast. Thank you for listening. My name is Clarita and I am the host. This is episode 55 with artist and musician Zach Sally. Zach was one of the members of the band Low and I just wanted to give a heads up that we recorded this episode on Friday, November 4th, pretty early in the day and that was the day before founding member of the band Low, Mimi Parker, or Mim, as Zach refers to her, passed away. So I just wanted to make that clear, and I'm going to play an intro that Zach sent me after we recorded to give some context, but I also want to extend my condolences to all of her friends and family, to Alan, of course, and to Zach. Um, And Alan captioned a photo of her that day after, um... Um, He says, uh, friends, it's hard to put the universe into language and into a short message, but she passed away last night, surrounded by family and love, including yours. Keep her name close and sacred. Share this moment with someone who needs you. Love is indeed the most important thing. So you can find that uh, and a really cool photo of her on the official low Facebook and Instagram. And then Zach has also written... One hell of a piece about Mimi and their friendship and all those years they spent together touring, etc. I encourage you, if you haven't already, to go check that out. Read what he wrote. Um, You can find that also on the official Low Instagram or Facebook. And it is such a beautiful homage. Um, I did cry a lot. She was even way cooler than I thought from listening to the records and seeing them live. Um, and yeah, in just a second, I'm going to play that audio that Zach sent. Um, but first, uh, I, I wanted to thank Josh Lackey. Uh, he's one of my oldest friends in Seattle and he introduced me to Lowe's music. His love for the band and for their records was so infectious. (laughs) Um, I think that that's what helped to unlock and, and sort of, that's how I got it you know, sometimes friends can do that. So I really appreciate that. And we went to that crocodile show together that we, me and Zach talk about in this episode. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to shout that out. Um, we also talk in this episode about how, you know, with their those records, early records and touring at the time, how being quiet seems so rebellious um, in the noisy 90s, <laughs> but they cut through that noise through authenticity and just hauntingly beautiful music. Um, I think that's why people were so drawn to them. Something that was needed and missing in the world. And then in this episode, we also talk about like, what's the purpose of art? And it's really obvious now. I mean, Mimi gave so much to the world. Um, and the sense of connection that that band created is real. I'm so thankful I got to talk to Zach. Uh, we talked about a lot, including the stories behind the low album covers, his life, his creative trajectory. And I hope you enjoy this episode. And I hope you take Alan's words to heart. Read Zach's piece. Um, loved meeting you, Zach. And thank you, Alan. And thank you so much, Mim. So here is Zach's intro, and then you will hear our interview.
1: All right, everyone. Um, I just wanted to record a quick forward to the interview that you're about to hear. Um, Clarita and I have been trying to get this interview going for quite a while, and when I landed in Seattle on Friday for Short Run, uh, we just thought we'd bang it out. Um, but given, given Mim's passing, um, I just want to give a brief thing so it doesn't this interview doesn't seem tone deaf or or disrespectful um i mentioned uh alan mim a couple times in the interview i i had seen them the previous week and i knew that um things were were rough with mim but obviously that that wasn't anything i was going to talk about in in any kind of Public forum um, in any way, and um, actually, shortly after uh, after this interview, I got um, I got a message from Alan that things had taken a turn, and uh, the next day she was gone. Um, in the in the days after, I um, felt kind of compelled to uh, write something for and about mim which um i did and then i had to run it past a couple people and and i guess by the time this interview goes up it should be up on the low facebook page uh so if you have any interest in reading that you should go ahead and and do it um and with that said like i said i this keeps shifting and changing as it will for everyone who um new maybe parker either personally or through low or through seeing low or or anything along those lines um you know for me i think uh after this i'm gonna just sit quietly with it for as long as i need to and um and maybe you should too. All right, thank you, take care. Zach. Hi, Clarita.
0: Hi, nice to meet you. Good to meet you. Ish, I met you yesterday. We're off to a great start. <laughs> uh, welcome to my show. Thank you so much for doing this while you're in town. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. We are in the Ruinous Media Studios. Um, and this is just have to mention the first time ever for my podcast um, to record an episode here. So it's momentous occasion it's also my four-year anniversary of the podcast Woo-hoo! thank you very much and I only have 55 episodes somehow but <laughs> but uh, quality over quantity is what I say I want you to tell the audience like why you're in town because I think it's cool and exciting but maybe just introduce yourself to my listeners how they would have seen your work etc
1: sure um I am in town for a, uh, one of the best comics festivals. I mean, weirdo comics festivals in the country. There's, you know, there's a lot of, um, sort of mainstream comics festivals, but there's a couple that are sort of, um, the small press weirdo stuff. Um, and the one here is called short run, which I think this is either it's 10th year or 11th year. All right. Um, and it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, I actually, two years ago, pre-COVID was the first time I was able to make it out to short run. And it was everything people said it was. So uh, so I'm here for that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. And you are illustrator, artist. How do you define yourself? You're a musician. What's your bio?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, my bio is um, pretty tough to describe (laughs) uh so uh i've always made comics been making comics since i was 13 or 14 making zines and so on and so forth and then um i'm 51 right now so kind of what i feel like is maybe the pinnacle or the apex of of the american underground scene um which coincided with in the same sort of ecosystem as as the zine scene and mm-hmm. and just this this era, I think, where a lot of people were um, making art and making music and making design, and it was all sort of in this big melting pot of people just doing shit mm-hmm. for themselves in um, for their own purposes, you know. Right. Um. So I'd always been doing that uh, my whole life, and then um, in 1992 or three i found myself living in the west coast in oakland um kind of in the belly of that punk rock scene and my my uh two of my oldest friends uh, i'm from duluth minnesota um, and two of my oldest friends alan and mimi had started a band called low Mm. um and they gave me a call to see if i would want to um do sound for them on one of their first tours, and I was like, I don't know how to do that, and they were like, You'll figure it out; I'll be fine. And I didn't; <laughs> I <It> was terrible. <laughs> like the worst. An ongoing joke of like, man, I can't, I can't do the buttons and knobs. Um. Uh, but I did that that tour doing sound for them, and then uh, their original bass player left. John Nichols, he's a great guy. And I uh, joined Lowe, and I was in Lowe from, um, yeah, 1993, 1994, until I left in 2005.
0: Oh, wow. I saw you play then. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I saw you at the old Crocodile. Oh. The old location. Yeah.
1: Where's the new Crocodile?
0: It's, uh, I believe, a couple blocks over. I haven't been yet, but it's still in Belltown. Okay. Yeah, still in that same area of town, Um, but the legendary... Old diner style, you know, venue uh, where there's a column in the way and you can't see half the show. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I saw you guys play. It was awesome. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: I have a divergent story from playing there, but I don't think we can. Uh oh, I don't think we can tell it. You're going to have to keep me away from diversions. Uh oh, okay. Edit that.
0: No, I, I love, I love it all. Um, yeah, so you were in low. Did you do any of the artwork for the band?
1: Yeah. Um I mean I think that's where most of my overlap for um you know for this might come in I did um I mean to me that's kind of interesting cuz it 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 works from the same ethos as as what I just talked about like when I joined low um you know there was there was record covers to make and there was art to be to be made and it was always kind of like well, we're doing this, mm-hmm. you know what I mean like we're not we're not hiring anyone to do this we're you know this is this is our band mm-hmm. uh we all have an aesthetic, so however this goes, we're just gonna figure it out for better for better or worse and actually, last night when I was trying to sleep, I remembered that um I don't think it was yeah, I just took a photograph for the first for the first low record that i was on long division it was just a photograph that i took of of a light bulb in my apartment um but it was real organic in that way and and like i said last night i was thinking of of the first we did an ep with cranky records and we we did a bunch of records with cranky Mm -hmm. but the record songs for a dead pilot is a collage it's actually one of my favorite low covers but it's a collage of a kind of anatomical head I had totally forgotten this, but when I was thinking about this show, I actually just made that for Alan for uh for his birthday. Mm-hmm. I just made him this collage, you know, and Aww. I just I just gave it I just gave it to him. And um and it just so happened that we were finishing up an EP and he was like, Thank you so much. Should we use this for the cover? And I was like, Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it was a lot of And there's trees in front of it. Yep. Oh wow! yeah. yeah, it really puts you in a surreal place in a landscape where you're imagining stumbling upon this <laughs> giant head
1: yeah, uh, but I mean, I think a lot of our a lot of our so I did that, um we all got together on secret name. Things we lost in the fire was you know, I was just I had a bunch of pieces of stuff, and actually, I'm really, really happy with things we lost in the fire. Um, but it was just this beautiful kind of process of like, I had these, this giant book about the moon, like that I picked up at a thrift store and there was these like drawn maps of the moon and I had done all these treatments of it. And not like, I was like, do you think we should do this? Should we think we should do that? And everybody was like, yeah, I don't know. It kind of works. It kind of doesn't. And then Alan had found this piece of metal Mm -hmm. on the ground and he just kind of threw it on there and it landed in the middle And we were all like, huh, (laughs) done.
2: (laughs) Whoa.
0: Looking through your album cover, it's it's one of the bands that I think you did a great job um, capturing the music with imagery. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. really does go, it, it looks how it sounds to me. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a little bit of, it's beautiful, but also there's a bleakness.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the other thing I was thinking about last night is, you know, if we're going back to my origin story. Just sort of the, the trajectory of my life, I actually don't have any training in anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you know what i mean like i don't have any training playing the bass i don't have any training in design i don't have any you know like everything i've ever done is self-taught but that makes it sound like i taught my like it's coming from me i mean i think i'm you know i'm in this band with two of my best friends we're making this music and very steeped in um this is what we're we we know what we're doing. Mm. We know we know what we're trying to achieve here. Um because we have to do it every night, you know. And back in those days we had to do it every night and it was not fucking easy. Like yeah. that we were uh, the you know, they called us the quiet quietest band in the world. <laughs> I don't know that we were, but there was many nights where there's five people who got it and 25 people who were like, Ugh. get out of here, you know? Oh my God. But, but so, I mean, we all, but we were, you know, the more, the more we did it, the more it was, we honed in on, no, this is, this is exactly what we're trying to do. And I think there's an, a shared aesthetic that evolved around that. So it wasn't like I or Al or Mim was trying to like, what, what do we do that'll represent it? It was, yeah. it was like, You know, it was the aesthetic and and we we just messed with stuff until it seemed like it clicked or it seemed like it fit. And and when we got there, it was we kind of all knew it, you know.
0: Seemed like at that time, too, um, especially the era you played in, um, being quiet was kind of (laughs) rebellious. It
1: was. It was.
0: It was definitely uh, you definitely stood out, but in a really great way. Thanks. So okay, you're in the band. You're also making zines at that time, correct? Like those yep. things are overlapping. Were you? Did you have like clients at that time? Were pe- were you making art for other people? Um, no, how, no, <laughs> just
1: I've had very few clients in my life. Okay, um, which you know, when I when I joined Lou, I was twenty something, and when I left, mm-hmm. I was thirty five and married and had a kid. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, it was all, I never, um, and maybe we'll get into this a little bit later. Like I never had to really make a distinction about like a career in how to make a living mm-hmm. in art, mm. you know, like, and again, this is from an era where I joined low and it wasn't like, oh, this is going to be our, we're going to be, this is going to be our job. We're going to make a living off of this. Right. You know what I mean? Or with zines or comics or whatever. It wasn't, there, were, there wasn't a sign on the wall saying like, this is how you get rich and famous and successful doing it. It's like being able to pay rent and yeah. have a place to live was like a huge success. You yeah. Know? And that was always the, that was the shining light in the sky that you were traveling towards. And, um,
0: can I tell you also that saying yourself taught for me is the mark of success because it sounds like you don't have debt. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And for me now that I, you know, I did go to design school, uh, and I'll be paying for it until I die. Okay. So you weren't really, you didn't have clients and you weren't really thinking of it as a job job. Um, you just this is a way to express yourself involve yourself in the arts community
1: yeah i mean it was just what i was doing you know it um uh you know when you're 23 and your best friends ask you to be in this awesome band you're like yeah sure i'll do that you know and i don't want to you know undercut the fact that you know 10 years later by the time i left we were doing Mm -hmm pretty well you know like Mm. people were coming to the shows and buying the records and all that stuff so it it, yeah i mean i i was at you know i wasn't unaware that i was making a living doing this and that it was a job because it was you know but um just sort of it was just kind of the the path i I ended up Mm -hmm. on which you know i certainly tried to uh to be appreciative of of Mm -hmm. of of the whole time um, but, yeah, when I left low, it was relatively brutal, you know? <laughs> like, wow. like, my skill set is making comics specifically for weirdos, which, and that audience is what, like, you know, that audience is very, very, it's very, very small. <laughs> okay, you know?
0: so how did you get to fanographics though? That doesn't sound small to me. Is that a journey that well, you could take us on, or? Yeah,
1: I mean, they, uh, you know, I grew up, uh, you know, that that feeds into this as well. It's sort of, I guess that was my, the thing I, the one piece I had in my head of like mm-hmm. the way I could make this work is if, you know, the six to seven people who are making a living in comics doing, you know, for lack of a better term, art comics. You know, we're mm-hmm. talking like Daniel Klaus, Pete Bag, mm-hmm. Chris Ware, you know, I mean, those were the handful of people who who could who could make a living doing the kind of comics they wanted to make you know mm-hmm. um and so yeah i mean fanographics was as instrumental in me defining what i wanted to do as the underground or punk rock i mean they were sort of the same thing you know mm-hmm. and you know fanographics was for lack of a better term very very punk when um yeah in the 80s and and all mm-hmm. of that they're just the way they approach everything. Um, So, you know, I'd always wanted to be published by Fantagraphics, um, but then the zine thing sort of led me on this other path of like, well, being published is not... The whole zine thing kind of turned this thing upside down of like in the way you're taught to look at things is like, well, if somebody else publishes your stuff, Mm -hmm. that means you're good. Right. Or that means like you're validated in this certain way. Mm -hmm. But actually, when you look back on it, that validation means like the only thing that means is that you made something that can connect with enough people Mm -hmm. on a certain way that it will make enough money to justify printing that thing, which is not the same thing as quality
0: right it's commerce it's commerce
1: you know and the zine thing was like well fuck that Mm -hmm. you can actually make incredibly potent and powerful and iconoclastic and beautiful art and that's a little bit separated from like whether or not you can turn that into money Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like yeah um for sure. So all those things were kind of spinning together. But yeah, so I, you know, that's when I started La Mano, which is, I guess, a micro-publishing thing. I started that in, it just came from like me putting out my own zines. And at a certain point I was like, I'm going to call it a label mm. and put out stuff by myself and others. And, and then later on I bought a uh, Offset Press and taught myself to use that to, to publish other people's stuff.
0: Very cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> was it a a pain, or do you miss it sometimes?
1: Both of those things. Yeah, yeah. it was. I bought yeah I bought a AB Dick three hundred and sixty for two hundred and fifty bucks, and um had a printer friend who taught me taught me sort of how to use it, um and then I quote unquote upgraded to a to a nicer AB Dick and but yeah it's mm-hmm. uh ironically now my day job is as a printer but it is truly oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. truly one of the most frustrating. I, I think it's totally normal while you're printing to bleed, scream, <laughs> cry. And like I I, I threw <laughs> trash cans across the room uh. and, and you know, numerous like, oh, my hand just about went into the machine. Maybe this is oh, not. Oh, wow. Maybe, maybe this is not a good idea.
0: I was just at the printer here close to here for my work the other day and was just like god I love the smell I love all the machinery it's you know I romanticize it because I <laughs> you know I've I've never been a printer I it's something you know I'm like mesmerized by it but um I love a letter press I love a Rizzo. I love I like using those things minimally um screen printing all of that um but yeah, I never did it as a job. I went straight from collage and Xerox to the computer.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so I never had to use like Mimeo gra- or like the old, even like the French curves or all the old tools that graphic designers use. So that stuff is very, you know, I don't know. The, probably the brutal reality of it is is lost on me. But.
1: Well, I sure mean, does look cool, though. I mean, you know, I have to back up now and say that, like, me saying I've never been trained in anything. I've been at this, so I'm a, so I quit being a comics professor mm-hmm. about a year ago for some of the same reasons that you just mentioned, where I was feeling mm-hmm. awfully strange about, um, feeling pretty okay about being able to be helpful to mm-hmm. comics artists and you know mm-hmm. to sort of like share the knowledge i had had to figure out myself but yeah i mean i wouldn't say i lied awake at night um
0: can you say where you were teaching
1: i was teaching in a place called the uh, minneapolis college of art and design oh cool in in minneapolis so they're mm-hmm. you know it was incredibly lucky for me because they're one of the only schools in the country that has a comic art program
0: wow awesome so
1: that's what i did after low um okay and you know i feel pretty good about What I did there, but at the same time, like there was never a moment where I didn't think, like, oh, the only reason I've been able to do this Mm -hmm. is because I don't have any debt, Mm -hmm. and that I was training these folks to do this thing, and you know, it's very, you know, the 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 knowledge Mm -hmm. and what they were. I was trying to give them everything I had, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't imagine entering trying to be in a cartoon trying to make a living as a cartoonist with a hundred you know hundred
0: thousand yeah a hundred thousand in debt good luck but is this wacom tablet art or is it pe- paper
1: oh uh, you know i mean it changed over the years mm-hmm. um you know when i first got in there i was like you all are learning to use a dip pen and this is bristol board <laughs> and you can cool. you know <laughs> and uh and frankly all the Digital tools at the time looked like fucking garbage. So right. I'm like, you're going to learn the real thing. And then if you can transfer that over to, but you know, as the years went on, those tools got better and better. And I, the old man had to wrap his head around some of that stuff.
0: Have you used a Cintiq? I have. Oh, I love those. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, it's, I, they're kind of, it's gotten to the point now for me where it's sort of equal. Like, I love. Mm-hmm. nothing is like paper but you know yeah like i I hadn't drawn with a dip pen on paper for a really long time and i think i was showing someone something and i and i was just like well this is how you use a dip pen and i -hmm. I hadn't picked one up in a couple years and i just like made a line and it was Mm. damn near sexual like i was like oh my god i forgot (laughs) about this this is (laughs) holy shit like This is the thing, you know.
0: It is. You're using more of your senses or something. You're more connected. It it is sensual in that way. Um, I'm not saying I like a Cintiq over anything. I'm saying as far as like digital stuff goes, that's about as close as I've gotten to that feeling um, where I can create. And Otherwise, I'd rather just create separately on paper and then then draw over it in the program.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's... With what you just said, I mean there's mm-hmm. there's great things about about all those tools. It's just figuring out mm-hmm. what tool works works, you know, like doing editing in digital as opposed to like getting white out and doing that whole thing like it's like my original comics pages i I guess i it shouldn't be a badge of honor, but like I've seen a lot of people's original comic art, mm-hmm. and my originals are some of the shittiest. <laughs> Like, there's so much fight in those that, uh, you know. Um,
0: there's heart and soul.
1: I suppose. I got that.
0: So, you're here to do Short Run. Um, what does this festival entail? Like, I have i don't think I've ever been before. I think I've heard all about it. Um, I don't know if I've... I've been to the Flat Stock. That's different. Right. What is this like? Is it at Fantagraphics? Is it...
1: No, it's at uh shoot, I should have the Oh, th-
0: it's in Seattle Center. Yes. Yeah, yep. that's right. I'll edit that part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it's just small presses, artists, uh
1: Yeah, it kind of runs the gamut. I mean, there's um there's some international folks. It's it it's very um you know, it's one of the shows that I think really centers around the You know what what the small press is and what it what it involves and and what it means you know people people making their own stuff and in many cases releasing their own stuff Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's very different than like a comic-con or something like this is these are the kind of shows that have nothing to do with it might still be comics but it has virtually nothing to to do with like comic-con or something like that
0: By the time this airs, short run will be o- short. run will be over this year, yep. but it's an annual event. Um, is there like a website? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think check it, it out.
1: Yeah, I think it's just shortrun.org, and um,
0: yeah, you're known for Sammy, Sammy the mouse. Is that right? Would you say yep. that's your most popular?
1: I have no idea. Okay, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the one I had heard of, um, and I love it. And you do illustration for Ruinous for yep. the uh, podcasting network here um, because you know Joe from touring is that correct
1: yep yep um,
0: yeah so he speaking of touring he has a podcast on the network called tour stories with Joe Plummer and he interviews uh, have you been you've been on yeah did you draw a picture of yourself
1: yeah and okay. it's it's one of the single greatest drawings I've ever done in my life oh. so yeah you know. <laughs>
0: check that out um i'll have all the stuff we're talking about at designfreakspodcast.com or you can go uh look on tour this tour stories instagram i'm sure it's there somewhere um but yeah your i love your drawings and it really humanized tour story like that's kind of what caught my eye when i first saw before i was on the network um when i saw joe's show i saw the cassette tape and it was a drawing and to, to me that like really in the world because podcasting graphics are hideous (laughs) they have been and they're getting better but there's still really bad ones I'm sorry to say yeah yeah. so just seeing real art was so cool thanks and you've done portraits of how many portraits have you done for the tour stories episodes lots yeah lots they're great
1: thanks portraits are (laughs) portraits are fucking hard man
0: did they torment you?
1: Well, I mean, I I just think like actually, um, you know, as a cart, you know, I mean, there's certain yeah. as a artist or a designer, there's certain muscles that you flex, and there's certain muscles that kind of atrophy a little bit. And getting a likeness of somebody Ugh. is a very very particular muscle, at mm. least for me. And uh, yeah, I like. <laughs> Uh, Numero put out this um, collection of one of my favorite bands of all time but they did the complete Unwound um, box set. yeah. And so I did uh, they asked me to do portraits Mm -hmm. of the three of them um, for a live show. They they included a live show I think from Iceland or something Mm -hmm. in that box set. And so they asked me to do portraits of those guys and um, I did Maybe seventy to eighty drawings Whoa. of each one of those, just to try and like get a couple that were like fit what I wanted to do, you know. And partly it's because the friends, you know, I think it's harder to yeah. draw people that you know, or or, but um, but uh, yeah, getting likenesses is is really,
0: I it's, think it's tough, man. <laughs> I love the Perry Shall drawing. Yeah, it's, yeah, you really captured. Him in a funny way and Creed Bratton from the office. I've
1: never met him. That's probably why they're good. <laughs>
0: yeah, it probably didn't stress you out as much. No, no, it doesn't. Like I can't every time
1: I draw my kids, they look like monsters. You know, it's like, oh
0: my god, that looks like a Oh, um, uh, are they our artists as well? Do uh, they gravitate toward that?
1: You know, my my son Isaac draws he started drawing a little bit. Um that's pretty good, my daughter my daughter flossie, flossie may flossie, yeah Aww. yeah, she I, can't, I think I was having this conversation with somebody last night, but like in all my years of teaching, mm-hmm. i don't know if I believe all that much in talent,
0: uh-huh,
1: you know what I mean, I yeah. think people have a certain affinity for a certain thing, absolutely, and then they practice you know because i've I've had students who could draw like crazy mm-hmm. and just like, nah, and their stuff never went any place. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you can draw. And I've had people who couldn't draw a lick and work their asses off mm-hmm. and got to be really mm-hmm. good. You mm-hmm.
0: know? Yeah. It's what you enjoy practicing.
1: Yep. Yeah. But there are certain people, uh, who just have a, mm-hmm. they have a thing, yeah. you know, like you kind of get this on some level that's different, than how right. normal people get it, and yeah. I feel like Flossie might have <gasps> a, like every once in a while she does a drawing, and I'm like, what the hell?
0: Oh, like, cool.
1: Um, and you know, <laughs> for for better or worse, as a dad who's an artist, I have to make sure I'm not like uh <laughs> pressing her too hard yeah. on it. Like I got to make yeah. sure that it's like this is fun and keep doing it because it's fun. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm like,
0: you're really good at this. You better do it all the time.
1: You know, that's yeah. gonna... we're going to...
0: we're going art camp. We're doing this. Yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I didn't know how far we were going to get into this. But, like, I sort of, uh, during COVID, I kind of had a meltdown. And I was like, I don't know if I'm... I've been doing this my whole life. And I don't... I have to completely change my relationship to, to uh, being an artist. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I may... I may need to stop for a while. But, I mean, just to finish that thought, it's partly because I don't know what this is for anymore, and it's not fun. Mm. I'm doing this because of inertia, and because Mm -hmm. it's all I know, and because it's tied to how I view myself and my identity, Mm -hmm. and beyond that, I have no idea why I'm doing this anymore. Mm. And I think, you know, you don't walk through the world only doing things that are fun. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people walk through the world doing things that make them fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And I I had to figure out a way to make it not make me feel miserable, mm-hmm. you know, or make me feel like uh, what I'm contributing here to this shit show that we're all living in is uh, in some way helpful or... Right. or, or positive or or Mm -hmm. you know that has that lives in a context beyond like I'm an artist and that's how Mm -hmm. I make my living like there's right now it's like there has to be Mm. something different level of engagement or a different level of um conscientiousness Mm -hmm. and that's it's hard to figure out. You know?
0: Do you think having kids, um, do you think that affects that kind of pressure you put on yourself? Or?
1: Yeah, abs- you know, yeah. absolutely. It's like, you know, like I'm a I'm a terrible business person. Mm. You know, I mean, when you asked earlier what I did, it's like I'll do a funny animal comic, then then like you know, a a novel with no words, (laughs) then like a punk rock record, and then like this incredibly like dark, you know, so it's...
0: Sounds good to me, but I'm 17 years old forever, so (laughs) there's something wrong with me.
1: But you know what I mean? It's like there's never anybody like, you can't, I think it's really hard for people to be like, Zach Sally does this as a brand, which we're all supposed to be, right? We're all supposed to be brands. Like I can go to this person because Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to get this. Mm Mm-hmm that's what we've all ended up doing Mm -hmm. like i'm going to you because you're you do this and it's Mm -hmm. like but but you know i mean i think the lat that that book in there um recidivist which i did um i I originally did it um in 2015 and i did it on nine colors on the risograph and then one pass Mm -hmm. um of metallic silver on my offset but that was that was uh and then it was just re-released this past year because I, I made 800 of the zine, which was all hand-assembled and printed and all that. Wow. And I sold out of them, so my, my pals at Secret Acres put out a new, um, like, offset printed edition of that. But that whole book was kind of, in 2015, me trying to figure out, like, there's horrible shit coming down the pike. hmm It's kind of a letter to my kids in in a certain way like I don't know what's going on but yeah um shit's getting real Mm -hmm. and I and I guess I'm making a comic about it because I don't know what else to I don't know what else to do
0: Doing this as a, what does that look like to you? Does it look like you don't want to draw as, what am I trying to say? To make a living, I guess.
1: Well, well, I lost my shit almost entirely. And so I think Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of putting together what that does or doesn't Mm -hmm. look like. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, in the, mm, okay, here we go. Yeah, like in the clearest way for me it was like because the way to make a living as an artist, mm-hmm. right, of a certain of a certain kind is um <laughs> like you don't listen to a David Bowie record because it sounds like Creed. Mm. You listen to a David Bowie record because it's David Bowie. Mm-hmm. You don't read a Daniel Clowes comic because it's Superman, you read it because it's Daniel Klaus. So it is certain, you know, there is this part where it's like you are, your identity is tied to the stuff you make, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of normal, you know, but at a certain point you're like, (laughs) that's not who you are and what you make is not necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I hope not. No, and it's sort of like, well, if you, Bust your ass making a comic for two years Mm -hmm. and it's really good and 500 people buy it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: How do you separate that out from like, you know, it's like you're putting your identity out there and people are saying like, yeah, I guess. Right. Or, you know, not even, yeah, I guess like the people who get it, get it, Mm -hmm. but it's not in like real world terms. You making, you working for two years on something and it's selling 500 copies in the world mm. that doesn't work,
0: mm-hmm. I see
1: you can't you can't mm-hmm. live doing that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of squeaked, you know, I had squeaked by doing that for twenty five, thirty years, mm. you know, and yeah, and it ended up just like I need to kind of separate myself from that whole. It's an art school world from that whole paradigm, like. Mm-hmm like you are the same like well fuck it for any artist it's like the thing is like this isn't this isn't what i do this is who i am right you know what i mean there's a big part of that if you're like an actual capital a artist yeah Yeah. like this is part this is just an expression of who i am Mm -hmm. and i think you get to a point where you're like wait a minute (laughs) Mm -hmm. um there's a difference there Mm -hmm. and there's ego in there that that can get real tricky and all that all that stuff and um
0: so do you think that you could with a you know with more ease of mind illustrate diagrams (laughs) that have nothing to do with you yeah (laughs) yeah see that's what i like about working for the university is like yeah i'm putting a bunch of work in And it's not representing me, Yes, but that's not, it doesn't bother me because I have other outlets, I guess. And yeah, Yeah. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, maybe it
0: should bother me. (laughs) No,
1: I mean, I think for, for me, you know, like a a year ago, I quit, I quit teaching, which is a whole other thing, but I quit teaching and I got this job at a letterpress place. Um, and it's like my first nine to five in a very... I mean, the only other time I had a 9 to 5 was, like, working for a punk rock t-shirt shop when I was 20. And it's like, we'd be like, are we done today? Let's go get (laughs) beer, you know? Um, Yeah, I am doing something that I can actually... It's a great, great letterpress place, and it's good people, and I'm, I'm, you know, learning this trade. But at the end of the day, I'm done.
2: Mm.
1: And I think when you're a freelancer, or you know, for 25, 30 years, you're never done. Like Mm. you're eating dinner and you're like, I should be working on this. uh, Yeah. I have that. I like, I gotta make it. I gotta make a grand somehow. Like what I'm, I should have this comic done. I should have this, you know, whatever.
0: You feel guilty eating.
1: Well, you (laughs) know, you're just never off the
0: clock, (laughs) Yeah, you
1: know? And Bless
0: all the freelancers out there.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's a tough, it's a tough Mm -hmm. gig that has all this stuff to it. So I think, you know, me um, just having a quote unquote straight job, it's like I get home and I'm, I have less time to, uh, to work on art, but I, you know, I get done and, and I'm done with that and I'm, I'm starting to figure out how and and what I want to do, you know? That's awesome. But, you know, I think anybody who's coming out of COVID and in 2022, uh, in any field doing anything who Mm -hmm. isn't rethinking what they do, how they do it, what it means, how to move through it. Anybody who's just like plugging on, like I'm going to do what I've always done. I don't know. I don't know how you can do that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) And now it's like, you know, Midterms are coming up, you know, and every every outlet I have like especially during COVID, during the protests and all that, I was like what how dare I do a podcast about <laughs> you know art. I mean, at that time it just felt wrong and it still, you know, it still feels a little bit there's a little bit of an urgency to help.
1: Exactly. And and like how do you how, how do, do you, you pivot? How do you pivot yeah. and like how much is you know, how do you pivot in a way that's, um, honest Mm. and how do you pivot in a way that's helpful? I mean, I I think just like, so, you know, me saying I melted down and all that in no way do I, it was horrible, Mm. but in no way do I think it was, um, a bad thing or, or Mm. unnecessary, you know, it probably was a long time coming. And, and yeah, like right now it's that, age-old paradox of which i've all like Man, i'm from the midwest so Mm -hmm. maybe you know like art doesn't put food on people's tables it doesn't Mm -hmm. uh keep cops in my town from shooting more people Mm. it doesn't you know what i mean it yeah so that's true
0: It's a big butt.
1: yeah but at the same time it's like humans believe in stories
0: absolutely that's what i was gonna say it's your hero's journey
1: yeah, I mean, you know, and like the reason everything is so, you know, I'm, ter- you know, this recording, I'm terrified about what's going to happen Tuesday with the elections. It's just yeah, going yeah. to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a bloodbath and it's terrifying and we're artists mm-hmm. and sure stories don't do any of that other stuff, but people having bad bullshit stories mhm that are untrue mm-hmm. and inhuman and have and lack compassion and yeah. lack human empathy that's why we're here mm-hmm. in this spot right now because people are telling shitty stories mm-hmm. that other people are believing
0: it's not what they're selling it's what you're buying
1: which one is that
0: it is a fugazi song but i
1: can't oh <laughs> it's
0: from repeater <laughs> I can't
1: remember yeah anyways <sighs> fugazi
0: but yeah, I see what you're saying and people need joy, people need culture. Yeah. We need to we don't we don't need everything to be a bleak hellscape even if you know, politics are scary. Um artists always have a role. Yeah. Uh throughout all of human history, so um yeah.
1: I was uh hanging with my old friends Alan and Mimi. Um uh, this past weekend, and uh, it was when the the Twitter thing, Mm -hmm. when that whole thing happened, Mm. and you know, like I read, I'm not really a big Twitter guy, but um, I think it was on Instagram and somebody put like, you know, hate speech was up like 500%, and all these folks were just like, oh yeah, you know, like it was just like, I'm gonna type the most terrible things I can over and Mm -hmm. over, you know, and I read that the first thing in the morning, and I was on my ass for like three, you know. I just had to walk around town for three hours. Like, okay, it's over. <laughs> you know, like, like just set the whole thing on fire. Yeah, and that was three hours of my life. That was like, okay, look what I just took in, and that look was at,
0: troubling to read. But,
1: yeah, but that's what I like. That's that's what somebody's choosing to put out into the world, mm-hmm. and it took it, knocked my ass out for three mm-hmm. hours. I have a new issue of Sammy the mouse and for two, it's been done for two years and for two years I'm like, yeah, what we really need now is an, al-, you know, like a funny alcoholic mouse <laughs> yelling at like, yeah, that's super important. <laughs> you know, like, oh, great. put that. So I just, I'm like, I'm not, who cares? I'm not putting this out. <sighs> but then, you know, I was talking, but that's what I mean. I was yeah. talking to Alan and he was like, you getting knocked out for three hours that's like if I can put out my stupid comic yeah and it and it brings hope whatever however many people like they leave that being like all right I feel less shitty I'm gonna go do something I'm gonna go be nice to someone <laughs>
0: you know yeah like,
1: it's that's the
0: it puts them in a better mood people need to be in better moods
1: yeah that's and p- what I think people need yeah people need to
0: <laughs> get off Twitter.
1: Yeah, and they need to like <sighs> run into something that in whatever small to large way makes them feel like, oh, I I, I give a shit about mm-hmm. people. And that's the thing i sort of latched on to is like, okay, um here's why I'm gonna keep doing this in whatever mode I can figure out to uh to do it, you know?
0: Yeah, everyone's figuring out new modes. I'm glad you're gonna keep doing it. Are you gonna release
1: the sammy Mm -hmm. anytime soon here we go this is why i got excited yeah there's a new issue of sammy that i was actually hoping to get done for short run um but i should be done with it by the end of the month but the thing that got me really excited is i found a news a newsprint printer Mm. so it's gonna be the shittiest looking (laughs) like it's like there's like three kind the guys you know it's the printer sent me three, like, here's our worst newsprint. Here's our medium newsprint. Here's our best one. And I looked at the word. I was like,
0: oh, that.
1: The worst. You know, but to, for some reason that made me so happy of like just this thing that.
0: Okay. Is it like Trader Joe's leaflet? Yes. Bad? Okay, good. That's, That's what how, I was picturing. Yes.
1: And uh, that made me so, you know, that made me so happy. That's awesome. Of like, I love it. You know, I can just, I can just, uh. You know, drive down the street and throw them out the window of my car, and hell yeah! Um, well, see who digs it.
0: Well, thank you so much for talking to me. Where can people find your work, or where do you want people to know, or where do you want to direct them, if
1: anywhere? Uh, I'm around.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think I have a. Uh, I can't remember where I'm at. I think I have a. Uh, um, I guess you can get my stuff at. Uh, I have a big cartel site where you can buy a bunch of this stuff. Um, so it's La Mano 21 at Big Cartel. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the small press imprint I have been doing for 30 years.
0: Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, thank you again for, for taking the time to speak with me. I I hope I'm not like, I feel like I'm taking up your time, so I don't want to, uh, keep you too long, but, um, I really appreciate hearing about your process and everything you've been going through, because I think a lot of people have been going through the same kind of crisis in a way, especially creatives lately.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of yeah. like, it's not real comfortable, but I mean, no, I think, but, you know, you have all these conversations with other people who do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Who you just kind of look at each other and you're like, I don't, what, the heck, what am I doing? What, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, and every time you have that conversation with somebody, it feels like, it's your dirty little secret and it's their dirty little secret. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's important to talk about this stuff and, and figure mm-hmm. it
0: out. And, you know, for sensitive, not that everyone isn't sensitive, but some of us internalize more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> um, and it's important for us to take time for mental health. And, you know, a lot of creative people maybe do do. Uh, take things personally things keep us up at night Um, you know things that we can't control yeah Um, and so yeah it's important to recognize that and it's good to say it out loud because everyone's just like mental health go do yoga okay back to buying stuff and you know being a consumer and right (laughs) whatever yeah
1: um, and particularly, you know, in a job where basically part of your job description is that you sit by yourself yeah. <laughs> a lot, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, your job description is sort of like, hey, stew in your own juices. <laughs> like, <laughs> see what comes out, like, you know, <laughs> what, Um, you know, so I think it's a little bit more, you know, it's a pretty solitary decision or, or choice that that, you know. Uh, is what you 're doing so I think it 's um, this short run yeah. this this community mm. of musicians artists zine people you know that 's been there my whole life and and that has been the most consistent um, thing that provides me uh, hope and and makes me feel like there's like there's people doing good shit in the world because man there 's a lot of people not Ugh. Doing that. Focus and,
0: on the brilliant people. Yep. The kind brilliant people. Find community. Find yes. like-minded community. It makes the biggest difference. Um, Find sangha. That's what we call um, in the Buddhist community. When you have sangha, it's like you know, there's something magical about that. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're an artist, you. It's dangerous to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <laughs> and yeah, I
1: mean that's their community is what we're all needing and missing right now so yep
0: we're human listeners stay human um reach out and um give us compliment give me compliments (laughs) i'm the one who needs them
1: uh i think your show is great
0: thank you i think you're great thanks for for talking to me
1: thanks so much for having me on